Well, hey there, guys. This is Jeremy from the Leadership Pour Over Podcast. My co-host, Aaron, again, is not with us this week. He'll be back next week. But I am here again with my good friend, Daniel, talking about hey, disappointment. And I just have to say how practical this topic is because we just re- semi-recorded this podcast <laughs> and then I realized I never pressed the record button and we were vibing. We were vibing. It was going to be so good. So I hope that we're 20 minutes in and just 20 minutes know, in and chatting. we're hoping that um, <laughs> this remake is as good as the original, um, but it's the original to you. So let's jump right in. If you uh, did not listen to last week's podcast, highly encourage that you do because this is part two to that. Last week was talking about accepting your disappointment. Mm-hmm. And this week we are talking about thriving after receiving disappointment. Um, And there was a quote that you shared at the very end of the last podcast that I want to share and then have you give a a quick um, review of the the, the six-step process called the Pascal process that you gave us. But you said the way out of disappointment is not around disappointment, but working straight through it. And so accepting Mm -hmm. it, you have to work through it. And thriving, you have to work through it. So... Let's go. We're going to jump right into today's topic um, and share with you uh, the coffee in which we are drinking this week, and not just stale animal crackers that we are it also is being paired eating. with stale. <laughs> it is. It is a great crackers. pairing. It's a great pairing. So let's do this. Yes, we are, are drinking uh, Olympia coffee again this morning. It's in Ethiopia. It's uh, very bright. Um, very bright. It's very wonderful. Yes. Oh, it's so good though. Oh man, Olympia coffee paired with stale animal crackers next level (laughs) it's next level it is the breakfast of champions so if you've never done it you should try it i mean come on why not stale animal crackers my mother would be proud of me as i pour coffee all over myself what a what a great second recording (laughs) (laughs) just kidding okay so again disappointment we defined it last week as what yeah, so disappointment happens when you are putting your expectations, uh, you're hoping for something, and it just doesn't work out the way that you were hoping or expecting it to. And that's when disappointment occurs. Um, so that's our, our working definition. Um, it's just something that, that doesn't work out because you were putting your expectations or hope into something. Um, and so we also, in review, last um, last week when we were talking about this, uh, we went over the Pascal cycle. And we were saying that uh, disappointment and kind of going through the stages to get to acceptance is not linear. Um, right. You can thrive in any one of these parts of the cycle um, that I'm about to go over. And you're going to probably jump around different parts of this from, from one time to another. But the Pascal cycle is a, a tool that is used um, in the uh, historical church to uh, embrace loss, uh, disappointment, uh, almost like uh, a grieving the grief cycle in, in a way too. Right. But it's uh, very timely. It's connected to the Easter story. Um, and, and this, this is, happens to be the week of Holy Week, and yeah. this will come out the day after Easter. So that's that's exciting. So here we go, guys. If you are listening to this, you can apply it to what you may have heard or at church yesterday if you went to an Easter service. If you are not a follower of Jesus, you may have heard of the story of Jesus and at least can connect the dots. But um, as you listen to this, kind of consider the the emotional depth and disappointment that the disciples would have actually been going through as uh, you recap 
uh, last week's podcast mm-hmm. on the Prasco process. And if you're not a believer, you, there are, are useful nuggets in this um, that you can use that are, are connected to psych- psychological um, evidence-based practices as well. Um, so the Pascal cycle, the, the first part is naming your death. And this has to do with uh, Good Friday, the, the time that, that Jesus dies. There's grief, there's loss, there's disappointment. Um, he did not come in and take over Jerusalem um, and usher in a kingdom like the disciples were expecting. And then um, the uh, second part is claiming a, a new birth. Um, so that is finding hope within that disappointment, uh, a reframing, which is something that we're going to talk about later is what, what is reframing um, and, and how do you use that to thrive um, after disappointment. But that's connected to Easter. It's claiming your, your new birth. Um, so Jesus raises from the dead. There's a, a, something new, a new birth after an initial disappointment. A third is 40 days after Easter. It's grieving what you've lost and adjusting to a new reality. So the disciples had to adjust to a new reality after Jesus rose from the dead. He wasn't uh, available 24-7 to them. They couldn't walk up to Jesus, um, learn from Jesus right away. Um, Jesus would show up every now and then. He would walk through walls and just say, what's up? Peace be with you. Uh, And it was for sure, something for them to get used to, uh, a new reality. Um, So number three is grieving that initial loss. They aren't in relationship with Jesus in the same way as they were before the resurrection, um, but they had to adjust to that new reality. And four is uh, not clinging to the old, uh, but letting it ascend and give you its blessing. So this is the ascension. After the 40 days, Jesus ascends into heaven and... um, the disciples, they could have held on to uh, the old thing and been like, no, don't go, Jesus. And like, oh, man, it's not the same as what it was before and, and all that kind of stuff. But if they did that, if they held on and just stood there gawking forever and like, all right, I'm going to just sit here until Jesus comes back, um, then they would not have been able to have received the blessing that comes after, which was number five at Pentecost, which is the coming of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And this uh, ha- is connected with that final step of acceptance, um, and it's accepting the spirit of the life that you are now, in fact, living. Um, we're going to talk a little bit more about that um, as well. I think that's a, a big one um, because that has to do with um, the present. Yeah. And that's that's what, something that happens. Thriving happens in the now. It happens in the present. Um, so mm-hmm. that that is connected to that acceptance of the life that you now live. I like how you said thriving within a, a time conundrum you got the the past present and the future thriving is not a future oriented statement thriving is a present mm-hmm. oriented statement and i like that because in your moment of disappointment or in a season of disappointment i guess that's probably a more accurate way to phrase it uh or seasons of disappointment you can't thrive in them Mm-hmm. You can thrive in that season of disappointment. If season of disappointment lasts a year or two, let's say, those year or two, you don't have to be not thriving for a year or two. You can still be thriving while you're working through your areas of disappointment. So I can see that in my, in one of the most difficult eras of my life where I was church planting and the church planting experience didn't go the way that my wife and I had worked hard to prevent. Um, it was not a, a deep level of success that we had dreamed about. But as I look back on it, and as I was experiencing it, there was a lot of thriving. Mm-hmm. On a personal mm-hmm. level, I thrived, I grew. God taught me more in that space and season. I think this is a 
big thing for us to to accept if we want to phrase it this way that you can learn maybe more through going through your disappointments than you could if it was just success all the time. Yeah. And I learned mm-hmm. so much about myself as a leader. I learned about my flaws. I learned about what I could be ultimately good at. Or another way to phrase it is I learned more about what my purpose as a minister was in this world, why God had called me to that because of my experience working through disappointment, having a great friend like you helping me process all that. Sure, that's a huge benefit. But I think you guys as listeners can take these six steps and work through them. You can do them linear if you want. Highly recommend that you are flexible and see them as just a process. It doesn't have to be linear. However, I mean, even if you want to do a linear, you probably won't. I'm yeah, just, you can I'm try it. You can write it down if you're one of those people who likes the one, two, three, four, five, oh, six, this is the put it in the middle. Uh, you can attempt that, and it's okay if it breaks. But my recommendation mm-hmm. is that you see it as not so linear and give it some flexibility. And what you just said is uh, you were thriving within that season of disappointment um, by looking at the present and how um, those situations taught you different lessons um, mm-hmm. that you can be grateful for. Um, and you were able to still carry that that weight that comes with that disappointment. And then you reframe it. You're, right. you're like, okay. I learned this lesson through this disappointment. Um, and those are the three things that we're kind of going to go over a little bit today. Um, but uh, there was one statement that we kind of made last week about like Jesus wants you to be disappointed. And we want to make sure that you understand a little bit uh, what that means. about what that means. It's not that Jesus is causing the disappointment for you right? or that God um, is like delighting in your disappointment, your pain, your un- uncomfortableness. Um, it's that um, he wants you to experience that so he can redeem that situation. Right. He d- does not want or enjoy your discomfort. He doesn't want to yep. see you in pain at all. And the other thing to add, theologically speaking, Jesus isn't here to redeem the situation. He's re- mm. there to redeem mm-hmm. your spirit that is experiencing yeah. the situation. He's there to redeem you. Mm. And I know that sometimes I like to take my situation and identify myself with it, yeah. but that's not what life is about. That's not how God created us. We are we are a spirit that God is working with and, and communing with. Our circumstances, though, are not necessarily us. And if, yes. you, uh, if you're accepting your experiences as you, like entirely, well, you may not thrive through them. Well, it's an identity thing. Yeah, it's an um, identity crisis, I would suggest, potentially. And that's uh, what I see sometimes in clients when they are taking their identity and making it with their circumstances in their past. As a therapist, we we do love talking about your past, you know. Yeah. Uh, how did you grow up? All those other sort of things. But that's not the point. We're not going to, to live in that. We're wanting to kind of see... Um, your your themes, uh, how you usually navigate life, so that we can do a little something different um, mm-hmm. and kind of interrupt that that cycle. Um, so some of the things that I, I sort of see in clients that are making their circumstances their identity, that are living in that disappointment again and again, um, are bitterness. Um, so, uh, ooh, be us feeling bitter. Is it, if these are your emotions, you're going to name several. If these are your emotions, write them down and say, yep, that's me. Because again, accepting what emotions you currently have is a part of it. Go ahead. So 
uh, was bitterness was the first one. Yeah. And we're going to connect that, um, a little bit later on to some of the other things. So disappointment happens, um, in the past and in the future and then thriving, I think is mostly in the present. Um, but you can thrive with the past and future in mind. So being bitter, I think has to do with, um, uh, holding on to that disappointment. Mm. Uh, I, I can't move forward, um, because this did not go the way that I, I, I wanted it to go. Um, and that creates bitterness in, in a person. Um, and that's not thriving after disappointment. Now, the second is resentment. And I think that this happens in the present. So the resentment is, uh, being angry at uh, somebody or yourself, um, because, uh, the situation didn't end up the way that you wanted it to. Um, so somebody should have done something to prevent this, a leader in your life, um, an authority figure, um, they should have done better because I shouldn't be experiencing this disappointment. Um, and so that can lead to anger. That can lead to resentment. Well, um, I can feel that, that resentment, boy, that felt <clears throat> semi-triggering in a, a really good mm -hmm. way because going through my church planting experience in the past, one of the things I probably said more than I ever wanted to say or even admit, I wish they had helped me more. It yeah. was so easy to build that sense of resentment towards other people when at the end of the day, it was still the work that I was called to. It was the work that I was leading and it was easy to just want to trigger it on other people and grow a sense of resentment that was not for them to hold. It's still at the end of the day was my work. And it's so easy to do that, to project my frustrations on other people and mm -hmm. to kind of semi blame them for it. And if that is you, you can't live in that zone and be thriving. You're right. You can't. It's mm -mm. impossible. You kind of shared about these are the opposites of thriving. Mm -hmm. Is the way in which we phrased it. The this attitude of betterment, this attitude of anger, this attitude, an emotion of resentment are the opposites of thriving. And I had to overcome those feelings. I had to work through them and get over them mm -hmm. in order to be in a new space of thriving. Yeah. I mean, it's, resentment, I think, is a little close to bitterness, but I like to point out that the bitterness happens a little bit more on the, on the past, holding on to something that yeah. um, has kind of come and gone. Other people have moved on from it, so you're still bitter for, about that disappointment, whereas the resentment and the anger happens because it, it is currently a disappointing time and people aren't doing the things, you know, or you're not doing the things that you expected or want to do. And, um, you can become angry and resentful for that. Um, and so that's in, in the mm. present. And then like a, a future thing, um, instead of changing the way that you are reacting to your disappointment, uh, a lot of people, a lot of clients will double down on their efforts to get the, the thing that they were hoping for. They'll, they'll just go back and maybe try it from a different angle or, or do it again. But like we said at the beginning, the way it, to thriving and acceptance is through, not around. And right. that's another attempt to kind of go around is let, let me yeah. just double down on those efforts. And, and double down it. is like, not a, it's not accepting. If you have a spirit of double downing, um, now I know I can say this for resentment. Resentment was not a, for me specifically, was not not accepting. But when I got to that space of doubling down, I was in a conversation with somebody, even mm -hmm. like a friend. So I remember there are times, Daniel, where you and I were chatting about how are things going and I would get in this doubling down space, which for me was totally a space of self defense. Yeah. It was self preservation. I, I wanted to self preservation to the point of, 
I wanted to have this identity of successful. And so I had to double down like, well, well, it's not all my fault or oh, no, 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 you just wait or whatever. You cannot thrive again if you're in a space of double downing all the time because then you're, you're holding on to the bitterness from the past. You're holding on to these ideals of resentment. And when you are doubling down on a previous effort, you are going to prevent the Holy Spirit from working in your life and showing you, um, again, not that Jesus is up there going, oh, you're in a place of disappointment. No, <laughs> it's that Jesus can use the disappointments yes. in your life to not just redeem you, but redeem your spirit, redeem your outlook on life, and to redeem your perspective on him in your life. And double downing is the opposite of allowing the redeeming work of Jesus Christ to take place. You can't be in a place of double downing. You just can't be. What was a double down? Was that a deal at Wendy's or something? Like, um, wasn't there well, like, there's a double baconator or something like that. I don't that. know. I don't there know. was like a double down burger challenge or something like that. I don't know. Either but way, maybe we should go to lunch and have a double down burger. for you. It, <laughs> it's not. A, maybe we should go see how healthy or unhealthy that is. Okay. So, but yeah. yeah. It, anyway, to extend some grace, though, <laughs> to you, to Jeremy, from that those doubling down efforts, that's just a natural thing that we're going to do mm -hmm. as human beings. Um, there's a thing called cognitive dissonance. And it's um, when things are disappointing, when things don't go the way that we hope, or we're not acting in a way that aligns with what we think will happen or should happen. Um, we, as human beings, our brains kind of work in a way to protect ourselves. Um, so that will be like, oh, okay, um, maybe my hope wasn't the issue or, or this wasn't the issue, but uh, maybe if I try it again in this other way, then I don't have to sit with this discomfort of that cognitive dissonance. Um, so it's a natural human thing, but that's the importance of, of why we go to therapy. That's why we have mm -hmm. spiritual mentors. That's why we do all these other practices, because if we continue to just do the same things that naturally occur that are there for our protection, like cognitive dissonance, um, then we're not going to be able to kind of break past that and thrive. And, and one yeah. of the things that um, we keep bringing up that um, goes with that is the the reframing mm. um, uh, of mm -hmm. something. And that is going to um, kind of pair with that doubling down effort. So to kind of put all three of these together, um, the opposite of thriving um, after disappointment is bitterness, um, which has to do with your past, resentment, which is in the present, and doubling down on efforts, which is now uh, trying to get what you were hoping for and has to do with the future. Um, and it's going to be your future actions. Um, so, and the way to thrive will also have to do with doing something different than bitterness, resentment, or doubling down on efforts in your past, present, and then your future. I like how you say, now doing something different. So what is the different? Mm -hmm. It's easy to go, oh man, if you're like me, it's like, I can look back and go, Wow. If I could have made money being bitter, resentment, and doubling down, I could have made a lot of money, <laughs> right? But that isn't the goal here. That's not the the resources we're going to lean into. So what is the opposite of those emotions that does lead to a space of thriving? What, and I just want to clarify, I think, a definition for thriving, um, getting back to the expectations. Mm. So you get to the place of disappointment because you have unmet expectations. You yes. can apply this to a relationship specifically. If you're married, you know that it doesn't take more than a day in your new marriage to experience disappointment. Uh, I think for thriving, thriving is, is exists within that reorienting your outlook on life. Mm -hmm. It's repositioning how you see whatever experience you just went through. And that is so different 
based upon what loss you experienced with. If it's a yeah. loss of, of a relationship, if it's a loss of a loved one, that's totally different than Jeremy going through the, the loss of expectations of success in church planting. Yes. We acknowledge there are difference, but thriving it, being the opposite. What does that mean specifically for us in this topic? Uh, I, I think I'll go back to that definition um, from the Pascal cycle. I think that thriving happens by accepting the spirit of the life that you are now in fact living. Mm. Um, so that doesn't mean that you're going to get rid of any negative emotions. If you've lost somebody, you can accept the spirit of the life that you're now living, but you can still mourn. You can still have right. grief. You can still have sadness. That's um, yeah. Thriving is ignoring. It's not or like yeah. It's it's not saying whoo. I no longer mourn. So if you're continuing in a space of mourning, if you're still in a space of of grieving, you're still in a space of I I'm just sad that I lost my loved one. Well. That doesn't mean you're you can't thrive. Right. It's not the opposite of thriving. Opposite of thriving is not mourning. Opposite of thriving is is resentment and bitterness. So, within this thriving space, for me, is in the go church world when I was church planting, and then I've moved on from that. Obviously, I realize now that I was thriving more in it on a personal level than I ever could have believed. Done. Yeah. Just the growth that I went through, the re the reorienting of my mind and and spirit. I was thriving while going through the disappointments because they seemed to mount on top of each other. Th that again, thriving <laughs> after disappointment. I think the the time orientation is important. Yes. So you experience disappointment. When we say after disappointment, we're not saying after the fact that you went through all the Pasco process and it's all perfect. No, because the grief might still be there. Yes. The after, could you define for us, or at least give us a little bit of a picture, what do we mean by after disappointment? Um, so the after disappointment is is you've gone through that cycle, but you're not going to double down on that cycle's efforts in mm -hmm. the same way that you did in the first time that you went through the cycle. Yep. You can go through the cycle again and have the emotions that go around it, but you're going to be doing it by trying something new this time uh, in, in that cycle. So the after is going through it. Yeah. You've gone no, through again. it again. You've gone through it. Yeah. So um, let's just kind of look at, at those opposite things um, and kind of have a, a counterbalance to that. So yep. like what you might experience in the first cycle of um, disappointment, that bitterness um, has to do with your past. You're holding on to something. Um, you become bitter about it. You're letting it yourself dwell on that, mm -hmm. um, that disappointment. Um the, the thriving after that disappointment is you can still go and look on your past, but then now you're going to, instead of bitterness, you're going to intentionally start practices of thankfulness and gratefulness. So mm. journaling and saying, okay, what in that season are, were blessings, things that I received from it, even though I was disappointed and I'm still disappointed um, about it in some ways, instead of being bitter, what are the blessings that I received in that? Um, so talking to friends about what you're thankful for from that season, or writing it out in your journal, um, creating a daily thankful list um, mm. are all um, good practices that therapists will um, encourage you to encourage do, you to do yeah. and, and everything. But it is a great way to battle against that doubling down effort of disappointment and going through that cycle in the same way. The first time, that you're disappointed is not going to be easy to be like, Oh, be thankful. Oh, be, be grateful. Or that anything. may lead to ignoring the issue 
And yeah. uh, that's not healthy either. That's yes. not our point here. It's going around. Yeah, it is going around. It's ignoring it. Oh, yeah. oh, I'm disappointed right now. Uh, but it's okay. I'm going to learn something from this. Uh, but then you didn't actually sit in those feelings. You didn't yeah. actually name the death. Yes. And you got to feel that. You yep. got to feel the death in order to get the blessing from it later. Yeah, um, absolutely. So um, that is, it has to do with the past. Um, uh, kind of, the, I'm going to skip the present because I think that thriving happens the most in the present yep. because disappointment happens more in the so past. So we'll come back to future. it. So we'll come back to the present. But the future, um, that doubling down on efforts, you're just going to try the same thing um, again and again and again. This is your opportunity to reframe and try something new based off of that reframing. Um, so Jeremy, do you have a, a working definition for us of like what, what reframing is and um, what yeah. that kind of looks like? So for reframing for me was seeing my disappointment actually as an opportunity mm. versus a problem. So I, I don't know about you, but specifically for me, my first reaction usually to a disappointment is this is a problem. It's a problem that needs to be solved. It's a problem that I have to overcome. It's a depending on the circumstances, my disappointment, which I currently have on the front of my head, is my past church planting experiences. Um, I know that this is different on how you see opportunities to even suggest that someone dying is an opportunity. No, that's yeah, not my point sure. at all. Yeah. But it isn't a personal opportunity to bring wholeness to somebody else who's experiencing that. Um, I One of the people I look up to the most is a, a retired pastor who had both of their children pass away very young. Mm. Um, they were both teenagers when they passed away. And to see the life and the hope that that couple lives with, despite the deep amount of disappointment and pain they've gone through in their life, is so beautiful. And they see the opportunity to bless other people with their life outlook. And I think that um, thinking, again, the opposite here is the reframing is the opportunity. They yes. may not have saw that as an opportunity in the beginning, but um, he has shared that with yeah. me. He goes, Jeremy, this is an opportunity. This is an opportunity. This is an opportunity. So the reframing that needs to take um, place in your life eventually through this Pasco process is the reframing into an, a new opportunity. It's a change. The reframing is an opportunity instead of a problem. Right. Yeah, that's, that's really good. I mean, that reframe of... Um, doesn't get rid of the grief of losing your, your children, but it's able to take that grief and share it in a way that will bring healing mm. um, and life to a, a community that might be experiencing the same sort of things. Other people have lost children. Other people have lost people that they love. Um, and being able to say, okay, this is a disappointment. It's not how I, I expected it to go, but let's reframe this and see the opportunity within it. Um, but like Jeremy said, that's not going to come right away. And it, should it come in the first cycle of the Pascal cycle? No, um, that's not right. Going to it's not beginning. Work. It may take years. I mean, we're not suggesting it's going to happen overnight. Right. But again, I I think we're we're bouncing back and forth between different scenarios because we recognize that this is a, a broad topic of disappointment. Yeah. So as you listen to this, be intentional to at least list out, name the phrasing that you used, mm -hmm. name the disappointment that you're working through right now and and use these principles to work through. We, we're Again, we're living on two massive extremes. I'm taking a professional example. We also want to bring the light and 
the the deep one of the deepest forms of disappointment that would be the loss of a loved one. Mm-hmm. So there's well, let's different take it as like, uh, from a leadership standpoint too, and from yeah. a business standpoint. So um, reframing is a, a very useful tool within um, a school of, called design thinking. Oh yeah, um, absolutely. So uh, design thinking is all about there is something that's not working. Um, yep. There's a problem. Designing your life is the book that you had me mm-hmm. read over Christmas, yeah. and I've been working through the the steps of the book. Is it's a gruesome step, but it's totally pro- worth it. Uh, designing your life, and it's it gives out the four different uh, major areas of your life. It's love, health, play, and work. And I had to figure out which one was working well, what was health, <laughs> and which one wasn't. And interesting for me as a person who loves to have fun, the one that I was actually felt the weakest on was actually play. And so again, the whole theory of designing your life: where is your disappointments coming from? If it's not like someone you know passing away where is the deepest level of disappointment and i realized well i always had a life out of balance i wasn't even leaning into things that brought me joy right and so to your you know your design life theory there well and, and from a work standpoint too and a business standpoint uh disappointment might come um and a, a function or a service that you're providing is not working correctly right um and so you have to then reframe and ask, okay, what's the question that we actually should be asking um, mm-hmm. for the situation? So, like, um, Chick Fil A is uh, a business that um, w- they will it gives have- us Jesus chicken. Oh man, uh, <laughs> <laughs> they'll they'll um, have mothers kind of come through the drive-through and then be able to sit down. Uh-huh. Um, after they've ordered so that they don't have to get the kids out of the car and order things uh, at the counter uh, this pr- during pre-COVID times. Um, <laughs> right. But then they could they could order, have their kids all together, and then go in. They don't get to that answer and that solution to a problem by just sitting in like the old ways of just be- and focusing on the question of just like, oh, man, these mothers uh, – are coming to the counter, they had to reframe it and ask from a, a different standpoint. Yeah, to different get to lens. The answer, a different yeah. lens to, oh, go through the drive through first, which isn't normally used for in dining in. Right, which is, it's, it's but, unusual process, yeah, but it's it makes sense. Reframing a tool yeah. that you already currently have. Yep. And using it, okay, how else can we use this drive through? Yeah. Uh, what other opportunities exist within yes. the drive through? Absolutely. And that's the thing for us. What other opportunities now exist in our lives as a result of these life set, this set of life experiences, again, that bring us pain. But as we try to attempt to thrive through them, the reframing of the opportunity, one of the things I wrote down was like, we need to ask ourselves different questions. So the change that needs to take place in order to go from a place of resentment and bitterness, then a change needs to occur. Mm-hmm. And in order to get from a place of all oh, life is, you know, awful to a life of opportunity, one of the changes that needs to take place. And that this is from my personal experience, changing the set of questions that you're asking yourself. Chick-fil-A only got there because they were willing to change the questions. Yeah. And changing questions, like one of the ways in which I would, I think of this is ask yourself the, uh, there's probably a, a more sophisticated way to phrase this, but what is the direction of the mood of your question? Is it, <clears throat> this is awful. <laughs> I can't believe you do this to me. Or is it, mm, what do I now know? Yeah. The change, like just there, yeah, I phrase it, like I make the sound different, but if you think about it, just what it does to your spirit is different. The changing of your, the directions of your questions changes the direction of your life. 
Mm-hmm. I believe that the questions that you're asking, the questions that you're answering changes your perspective, which is the next thing. I think you need to change your perspective because it's not changing your opportunities. Your questions and your perspective leads to newfound um, observations and opportunities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. I think that leads right into that that middle one, um, that uh, how do we thrive instead of be uh, resentful mm-hmm. um, after disappointment? Which now we're in the present, and you talked about how the present is, uh, so if we reframe for our future, we're reframing the future life mm-hmm. through our disappointments, our thriving actually takes place in the present, I think which to, I love yeah, that. To, health, to be healthy in um, reframing the future, you have to really change your present and be in the present. Um, they saw a problem at Chick-fil-A in the present. Right. And they had and they saw the present tools and information that they had right mm-hmm. now. They had a drive through. Um, right. So instead of being resentful and that, oh, these moms keep coming on up to the counter and they take forever. And oh, my goodness. And they the kids are disruptive of all the other guests at the at the Chick-fil-A and all those other things. Instead of like that sort of thing, they uh, were focusing on what are the resources and things that we have now in the present. Um but I, I want to focus more so on like the present being instead of resentment, I think the opposite of resentment and the anger is forgiveness, mm-hmm. um, which is the ability. Forgiveness isn't forgetting. Um, mm. It's um, the ability to carry the emotional weight that comes from something that went wrong um, right. and that wronged you. That was not just. That was not fair, but it's an ability to be able to carry that and say, you know, I'm going to choose to ignore that I was wronged, to ignore it. I'm not forgetting it, but I'm going to choose to take that, carry it, and move forward with that new information. Mm, so with grace, that that is the, this is the reframing. Yeah, because it in order to it does because in order to reframe your future, you have to reframe your current possibilities and saying, okay, this is something that someone's been done to me. Am I willing to look beyond it and forgive? I love how you said forgiving is not forgetting because that's a misdefinition and this is not about forgiving, but in order to work through a disappointment, if this is a relational disappointment and let's say you, Daniel and I, we're in a big argument we have, we're disappointed with each other. We're angry. If I don't forgive, realizing or let me phrase this if i'm forgiving with the intention of forgetting i'm just actually digging in a a grave my disappointment and it's going to reroot and it's going to regrow mm-hmm. and it's going to be uglier when it regrows mm-hmm. so it's not about forgetting but it's offering grace recognizing that growth is possible in you and the other person mm-hmm. and that accepting this as an opportunity of growth versus an opportunity of of argument I mean, that's just that's the reframing that's the the redirection that's what forgiveness can give it's carrying the disappointment instead of bringing it up again and again mm. and again of just okay we're trying to move past this now uh it didn't go the way that you had planned before and you might be working with a co-worker um with a spouse yeah. with uh, a friend and as soon as they uh, come up with a new idea and stuff, you uh, all of a sudden are biting back and just like, no, we can't do that because remember this didn't work before because this <laughs> that resentment <laughs> and stuff that's not forgiveness, right? Um, 
it might Ooh, have been true. It might have been true that they didn't do something that you had planned, or maybe it would have gone well. But the actual forgiveness is being able to carry that and know that, but it's not bringing it up again. It's mm. like, okay, let's move past it. You're not forgetting. You're able to take that information and it will be useful for you to reframe for the next problem and stuff for the future, but it's you're not bringing it up again. Right. You're, you're carrying this that. This is good. Right? Yeah. So thriving. We believe that you can thrive. Mm-hmm. Um, again, this, this is not meant to be like the end all on everything, but um, this is the, since we, we do believe that changing your, your questions, changing your mind or perspective and seeing your problems now as opportunities, which I can just throw as a tagline here. If you are a leader, there are really two types of leaders. John Maxwell talks about this. There are only two types of leaders, one that see problems and ones that see solutions. Solutions are opportunities. So you need to not ignore, but look at the problem and see opportunities within the problem, not op- not the problem as the preventer of opportunities, but the developer mm-hmm. of opportunities. So questions that I think you can ask yourself, one that comes to mind is, how can I turn this disappointment into my advantage? Yeah. How do I turn this, whatever you, whatever you phrased, how do I turn this as my advantage? So like, I'm going to go to the, the deep provocative one. If you lost someone you absolutely loved, I mean, there's no way, we know this, there's no way to get it back, but the advantage, the advantage is actually the continuation of those memories. I think in 2 Thessalonians talks about one of the greatest gifts that God gave us in 2 Thessalonians chapter 4 is the memories in which we have of somebody. It is an advantage in that you have those memories. So as you work through those disappointments, how can you say, how can I turn this adversity, is, I guess is the way I'll phrase it, into an advantage Yes, we know it. It, it, I guess this is a reframing. Instead of saying this isn't fair, what if you said, how can I learn from this? Or if this isn't fair, how can I grow with this? This isn't fair to how do I support other people with this? It's the reframing. It's asking different sets of questions. I've lost somebody. uh, Instead of um, having the resentment or the bitterness um, with that loss and the holding on to the old what how can you take their testimony, their life, and how yeah. to benefit other people? Oh, that's ben- beautiful. Benefit yourself. Yeah. Um, what are things that you learn from them? What are our um, blessings that you can receive mm-hmm. um, from that love and that relationship? Mm-hmm. And you've seen this in, there's just some resilient, beautiful people who receive this deep loss, unexpected loss yeah. of a loved one, and they use that as a motivator to go change the world to prevent that happening to another precious family. I've heard people say this before. I'm going to use this story. People have written books. People have become famous TED Talk um, hosts because of it. They're sharing the story. That is the advantage. There's now an advantage that I'm going to use this. It sucks. Let's just be honest. Let's name that. But I'm going to use this. The advantage is to help somebody else. So another way to phrase this would be, how can I use my own personal response reaction as a solution to demonstrate my own personal character and capability. I use this, I'm saying this from a leadership perspective. If you're a, someone who oversees staff like I do, I will often say, okay, but what about your own character? Mm-hmm. This subtle disappointment, what is it saying about your own character? What growth needs to take place? Again, reframe it. This is a question that you can help, you can use to help somebody, whether it's a child, whether it's a, a, a coworker or a spouse, helping them through it as an advantage of, hey, this is a growth space 
for me. I'm going to come out of this a different person. I'm going to come out of this a more whole person in the name of Jesus. You're saying, so thriving has to do with who you are. Mm -hmm. And disappointment has to do with where you might be. Oh, say that again. So thriving has to do with who you are, but disappointment is just where you might be. I've I've heard Craig Rochelle say it this way in a sermon that God um, doesn't care about what you do. Who cares about who you are becoming? Yeah. He doesn't care about what you do as much as he cares about who you're becoming. And yes, there are things that God doesn't want us to do. Of course, there are, there are sins in this world that he wants us not to do. He didn't want us to go eat the fruit on the one only forbidden tree, but he does care about who we are becoming. And that's the character side of this. And some of you probably, myself included, can look at our disappointments and go, I've become resentful. I've become bitter. Mm-hmm. That is not who God wants you to become. And so reframing and reworking through, some of us need to go back to some, uh, need to go to some therapy and work on some disappointments that took a place years and years and years ago, and it's not going to be simple to work through. Mm-hmm. And we have, you know, there are PTSD moments where we are triggered by things that bring up things from the past. You need to work through them. This is not going to be a simple thing. Uh, we have it, the podcast has gone really, really, really long. long. Sorry about that. But folks. again, our <laughs> encouragement is for you to work through your your disappointments because we believe that you can be a person who is thriving despite the deep level of disappointment. I'd like to just kind of wrap it up with um, just an overview of those those three things. So mm-hmm. um, instead of bitterness, the opposite of of thriving. Uh, with bitterness, instead of bitterness, uh, you have thankfulness, gratefulness. Yeah. Uh, instead of resentment, you're able to carry that emotional weight, that injustice, and you're not bringing it up. You're forgiving. And instead of doubling down on your efforts, you're trying something new. You're taking what was, reframing it, and seeing it as an opportunity to do something different um, and to receive a new blessing um, and then you are, in fact, accepting the life that you are now living instead of mm. sticking to that disappointment. And friends, that is grace. It is to find grace beautifully. That is what Jesus came. It's what he died for. And since mm-hmm. this is the week of Holy Week as we record this, and this will come out the day after Easter, that is grace. That is what Jesus died for. And that is what your future can be all about. We, are, we love you guys. We are praying for you as you work through your disappointments, praying that the Holy Spirit would guide you and that this would be a truly healing time as you grow into a thriving space <laughs> in your life. Have a great week, guys. Thanks.